Hello and welcome to another show of Skeptics and Seekers. I am your host, David Russell, along with my other host. I don't like saying co-host for some reason. This is David Johnson over here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm happy to have the title of other. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bad thing because I, I just don't like saying co- – it feels like there's an inferiority thing there. No, co, co is equal. Other yeah, is I alien. I know. It just feels that way, you know. But but I don't mind taking on the role of alien. That's fine. It's half true anyway. So, David, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk politics, but oh, yeah. not not the way you think. Not, it's not what politics? you're thinking. Yeah, These no. type of politics. Yeah, we're talking politics from a theological perspective. Or these, these, these type of politics. The, what? No? No. Uh, oh, no? Okay. No. It's okay. No, All right. Politics Sorry. from a theological <laughs> perspective. Okay. This is so. Oh, this man. is this discussion was not set up to be a debate over current events. Damn. Tara, I hope you and Oakley will still enjoy the podcast with with your dog. Also, Tara, I apologize. This one's going to be short. <laughs> this is going to be about <laughs> sixty minutes um, because. Uh, I don't have time, and I'm tired of coming on the board and apologizing for not having time to do my host duties. So I'm going to do it this one last time. <laughs> I am sorry, everybody, uh, for being uh, missing in action most of the time and not being able to get back to you uh, with things. I, um, I'm having a unique period in my life uh, right now. I've been uh, I've been a writer for a little while, and um, I have never been this busy in my entire career. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what happened. I don't, I'm not sure what changed, uh, but the switch has been flipped and uh, I've, I've got more work than I have time to do. Uh, and so when I, when I drop in, it's really just a drop by comment, um, you know, something that I can do 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes and then it's back to work. And so when you give me these longer replies, I, I do, read them and i just don't have time to come in on them uh mac attack has agreed to uh come on we're going to do a show at some point and i can discuss some of his comments uh in that format and if some of you would like to do that if you've got some uh comments that you know that i'm not going to respond to uh on the board uh, which i am not for probably a couple of weeks um uh, get in touch with me uh skeptics and seekers at gmail.com uh, we'll set up a show. We'll do a supplemental. Uh, I'll be glad to talk to you. We've got some new people uh, on the board. Uh, hey, Susan. Uh, I forgot the rest of your username, but hey, Susan. And uh, we got uh, a new fellow. Uh, I think it's a fellow. Um, and I've completely forgotten your username. Uh, but your your little logo thing is yellow. You know who I'm talking about. How you doing? You just popped in. We've got a lot of uh, people who have been lurkers for a while. Nothing wrong with lurking. It's not creepy. Go ahead and lurk. You can watch. I don't mind being watched. Um, but, you know, it's, it's okay. Once, you, once you've gotten an eyeful, just step on in. Water's good. Sharks are hungry. But, uh, you know, they're well-behaved usually. Uh, glad to have you. So, uh, David Russell, uh, we're going to talk politics today. By the way, uh, next week, next week, 
fingers crossed, because it was supposed to be this week, uh, we will have a guest uh, on uh, Skeptics and Seekers, and um, we will be talking about uh, religion as a useful fiction. I think that's right. Is that right, David? Yeah, I think that's along those lines, yeah. Yeah. So, um, by the way, guest who was supposed to be on today, um, sorry, we're not doing that today. <laughs> Hopefully I will get in touch with you before this goes out. Uh, that'll be next week, so we'll uh, put that together. Um, and if it doesn't happen next week, there will be something and it'll be good. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I've been wanting to do a show like this for a while. Uh, so uh, very quickly, let's get into politics. And I'm not saying that there won't be another show that deals with current issues and uh, the, the nitty-gritty of – you know, Trump versus Biden or Democrats and Republicans and taxes or whatever. I'm just not going to be the one to do that show. Uh, so, uh, you know, Russell can round up any guests he wants to. No, sir. To do that show. I'm about tired of politics and current so, politics, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've actually tried to find uh, someone to do that show because I know that there will be a demand for it. Uh, no luck so far. Um, so if there are some of you out there, uh, who think that you, uh, know this stuff well enough and want to do, uh, a show on the nitty gritty of current politics, uh, feel free, be glad to set you up. I'll record you, uh, and I will just get out of the way. <laughs> and, um, so this show though, I want to talk about politics from a higher level view, from a theological counter theological view. Uh, so we're going to do the Skeptics and Seekers style and see where it goes. If, in fact, there's a need for another show, we'll uh, schedule one. But, again, today is a little bit short. So I'm just going to jump right in here uh, with all of that out of the way. Any other um, things we need to mention before we jump in? Well, um, you know, we do – I have a show at, at around 3, and I did want to let everybody know that your favorite Teddy is going to be on to talk about the Shroud. Okay. So if anybody wants to tune into that, it's going to probably be posted either later today or tomorrow. It should be fun. Um, I'm just going to give her the floor and let her discuss it for about an hour. Oh, you, you're going to need to set aside more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, yeah. But um, I told her I'm going to push back a little bit on uh, some of the uh, – the testing that went on in 2013 and 2018. So we'll see how that goes. You don't know what you're getting into, my friend. Um, so yeah, good. Uh, just I'm just curious, where are you on the shroud? Um, you know, real, I, I, I don't. You know, I don't put any any weight in any camp on that. You know, I just don't. I, I, it's not something I really really studied too much of. Just preliminary stuff. Now there are some interesting things I saw that you could probably make an argument for its authenticity, but there's a lot of stuff that you can make that it's not authentic. You know, a lot of arguments that could be made that it's not. So I mean, you know, you got some issues there. I think that uh, further study needs to be done on it. Honestly. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, you and I probably weren't that far apart when I was uh, on your side. So, uh, yeah, as a Christian, it just it, it held no interest for me. I did look into it, um, and uh, I just I, I'm so it's not just a shroud, by the way. I'm I'm not a relic guy at all. I was yeah. I was never a um, holy relics kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't either. So. Uh, that said, uh, politics uh, yep. from a theological you're, you're perspective. You're going to open this up, dude. You're we're going to open, open it up. It's a can yeah. of worms. Here it Knock comes, it people. 
the my first and best uh, opening line is read the blog. Um, there is a good reason that neither David on this show really wanted to talk about this subject. And so we're, we've, we're keeping the scope fairly uh, limited uh, because we're, we're both sick of politics. And I've been sick of politics for years. Uh, so it's, uh, and, and yet I understand that there's an appetite for it. I understand there's a market for it, kind of like there is for the Shroud. And I understand that this is a very important political season uh, that doesn't just affect America. There's, there's a, in, in the broader terms, a political season going on all over the world um, that needs to be explored. And I am just wondering what the place is uh, when it comes to politics and Christianity. So as we get into this discussion, uh, I want you, the audience, to realize this is not something that I came to as a skeptic. This is something that I developed as a Christian. Uh, so I've, I've been there for a long time. And so you've always I, been a pessimist. Uh, if if that's what I <laughs> that's what you would say, say that I am, sure. I... Um, and I'm not an, I, I'm uh, not an optimist, so I don't I don't think the opposite of optimist is pessimist. I think the op opposite of optimist is not optimist. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I don't go toward either thing. I don't think that everything is great, and I don't think that everything is doom. Uh, so uh, that said, even as a Christian, I sh I seriously questioned. Uh, whether Christians should even be involved with politics at all. Uh, voting uh, seemed like a, a very interesting um, idea fraught with a lot of landmines for the Christians. So I am not going to cover all of that um, in this show today. And so I am going to encourage everyone, if you, if you really want to get a fuller understanding of where I come from, read the blog post, skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Um, this is going to be one of the few times uh, when I say to everyone, please read the blog post if you, want to, if you want to get this. Because normally I want to do a podcast that, you know, you can either read the post or you can listen to the podcast, either way you're going to get a good idea. You're not going to get a good idea um, today if you don't read the blog post. Uh, so I'm, I'm putting that out there. First of all, is it, is it okay uh, for Christians to vote? I don't even know if that's the first question. I think, um, what is the Christian, what is politics in the, uh, in the church? What is a Christian's place in the politics? What is uh, the place of politics uh, in the kingdom of God? And so I start back uh, at Genesis when uh, God uh, created human beings. Uh, and I asked that question, well, what is what is the body politic there? Well, the body politic is simple. You have uh, a pure theocracy. You have exactly the thing that God seems to always want, which is God is on the throne and he gives direct, direct orders to people and people follow him. And uh, as far as the people's response uh, to those orders, you follow them or you die. That's it. That's a, that is... A, a pure theocracy, it's as far away from a secular democracy as you can get. Uh, and so that's where, that's where we start uh, in the garden with humans. There's one law and there's one consequence. 
disobey and die. I, I think that at the end of the day, since I think this is the purest uh, example of who God is when it comes to politics. And as we, as we go through time and history and we, the world begins to populate, things get a little bit complicated. But I just want to keep a little bit of focus on how God started things off. Because he could have started things off any way he wanted to. And I think at the end of the day, after all of the body politic that you see throughout the Bible, it still always ever only comes to God gives an order. You have the choice to obey and live or disobey and die. And that has never changed. Uh, so we go, uh, we go through and uh, we get to a period of the patriarchs. Uh, with the patriarchs, uh, that's a uh, male-dominated um, head of house, uh, head of village kind of rule. Uh, so whoever the strong man or the rich man uh, is, the, the power broker in a, in a particular village, that's, that's going to ultimately be your patriarch. And we tend to think of Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob um, as the patriarchs. But, you know, everybody everywhere uh, would have probably, you know, you could have identified strong men throughout uh, every village and every place uh, throughout that time. Uh, so we're looking at a patriarchy. So how does a patriarchy work? Well, God uh, deals with the patriarch. Uh, the patriarch passes it on. Uh, the people have a choice to obey or die. Um, so we move on uh, to Exodus and we look at the politic there. So after the uh, slaves are free, uh, we see something that really starts to look like uh, a political structure. And uh, what is that structure? Uh, it's uh, where we see the beginnings of the priest and prophet um, and Moses was all of that. So we, we see a priest, prophet, king kind of all in one. So I don't think there's ever been any quite like Moses. A priest is someone who uh, communicates with God via the people. So the people's conduit to God going in that upward direction, that's what the priest does. The prophet uh, serves in the other direction, is God's conduit to the people. Uh, Moses was, bo was both of those things, and he was also king before there was even a king. Um, and so what do we have in this system uh, where we have priests? Well, we have God at the top. Uh, there is an intermediary because uh, God has learned by this time that people don't like taking orders from invisible beings. Um, so we have a visible uh, being now who represents uh, God. And at the end of that, God gives orders through the priest, uh, I'm sorry, through the prophet. Uh, the people give their sacrifices through the priest, uh, and that either happens or they die. We have, this, we have the same kind of structure. And, uh, you know, we can talk about, uh, at this point, uh, the, the male domination um, uh, as, a, as opposed to something that was more gender uh, egalitarian. We don't have time for that conversation though, read the blog. Uh, so after that, what do we have? We have more of a time when um, kings uh, rule, kings and judges. I lump kings and judges in the same category. Please do not come at me giving me all of the nitty 
gritty, nitpicky details of the differences between kings and judges. Uh, you get I what you the, get. I get what I get. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, respond to me at Russell uh, slash skeptics and seekers dot com. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so um, right. So there may be some substantive difference that I missed, and it's it's okay if you want to come back and say, okay, I've I've done this research, and uh, here's the here's the actual difference between uh, prophets and uh, uh, kings and judges. Uh, Are but really for mocking Darren's voice, that's messed that, up. That dude. was not Darren. Yeah, that soft spoken that soft spoken uh you know. <laughs> it was not Barrett. It was not Darren, but I was mocking someone. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it there. Stop, <laughs> David. Um so uh yes, for the purposes of this feature, uh I am lumping lumping judges and kings together. Um and what do we have uh, with the king? Well, once again, we have um, a visible human ruler. Uh, this is a little bit more, I think, than uh, a prophet, because once again, people don't like taking orders from invisible people. Um, and so, and, and they don't especially like taking orders from invisible people with, you know, a person as a mouthpiece. They want to think that there is a person there <laughs> who is giving the orders and that they're answerable to. So from the people's perspective, they now have a person at the top of the pyramid that they are answerable to. It's a visible king. You can put a crown on him. You can put a robe on him. You can march him through the uh, crowd and people can see the king and prostrate themselves and, and all uh, and, you know, and pay their taxes and they know who it is who is uh, over them, and so what do we what do we get with uh, the king rule? Well, the king was still subject to the prophets, <laughs> uh, and the prophets were still the mouthpieces of God, and so we still have God ruling, uh, but uh, transmitting those orders through a prophet to a king, uh, who then ruled the people who had the choice of obey or die. Um, so what has changed? Not that much. Uh, we can motor through to the New Testament and we find uh, a situation where the Jews are um, barely a people, um, the name only at this point. They have been under the thumb of many, many uh, strong men, strong leaders, uh, they practiced their uh, religion uh, at the sufferance of the of the Romans, uh, and they don't have any power to do things like um, executions. Uh, the the whole execution of Jesus that had to go through Rome uh, before they could do it. Uh, and even though it was in their law that this execution should take place, they had no um, way to actually conduct that. Uh, so they practiced their religions, their religion. Uh, via the sufferance of their overlords at that point. So it it almost doesn't make sense to talk about the politics of the Jews uh, in the New Testament because they didn't really have one except for Romans chapter 13. It's 13 that I'm thinking about, right? Okay, uh, so uh, in Romans chapter 13, uh, verse starting with verse 1, I'm not going to read it. It's in the notes, or you can just get your Bible and look at it. But it is one of the uh, strongly strongest worded manifestos uh, 
for a, a pro-government stance, except it doesn't look anything like uh, what Christians think of as government today. And so when you read Romans 13, you, at least I, come away with the idea that Christians are to submit to whatever government they find themselves under. There is a strong um, indication in the passages that these governments are serving God's purpose, so as if they were some type of theocracies, that God is ultimately still overall, and that those people are in their positions of government because God ordained them to be there. Uh, and so Paul seems to think that God has his hand on all of the machinations of, of government, and that, uh, you know, your emperor or your king or, you know, whatever despot leader happens to be exercising power over you, this is still something that God set up and that you have no right to try to rebel against. Uh, and so when you look at Romans 13, I have no idea how Christians get the idea uh, that government is something that they can choose. Uh, and if they don't like the government that they're under, that they can somehow remake it. Uh, in their own image. Uh, and yet the story of America, I don't know the stories of uh, all of the other countries in the world. I'm sorry, I know we've got listeners that are outside of America. The story of America is a story of rebellion against the powers that be. And so we can't even talk about the formation of a country like America and look at Romans 13 with a straight face. I don't know how that works. It's America. Never, it's, right? It is. America. Uh, America. Um, I don't, I don't know how that process takes place in the Christian mind. And so I'm sure that, uh, Russell will school me, uh, on that idea. And so I think I've taken up enough time here and I, and again, I say, read the blog. Uh, so I, I go into a little bit more uh, detail there, but just more I hot just air want, guys. Uh, read the blog if you're cold and you need some hot air. It's all there. Um, and and I I so one last thing. I am I am not here to debate this issue in in a way that I'm here to debate uh, most issues. Uh, this is more of a conversation from my perspective. Uh, so I will take uh, any punches in the face I get with good nature um, because. Um, I don't have time to take it any other way. And so I, I really am curious, and I hope that uh, this kind of continues on the board, that we can have a, a genuine discussion about this. Uh, so I, I understand why skeptics are involved in politics and why they feel like they have a right to change things and so forth. I don't understand how Christians are. And I didn't understand it when I was a Christian. Uh, and I will turn it over to uh, Russell. Yeah, there's so much to discuss here that it's uh, you know I don't think we can really do it justice. So yeah, I would also just say that you know uh, check out the boards and you know leave your comments there because that's where you're going to have a lot of substantive conversation here. Uh, what I prepared today was just a a preliminary response to David's. Uh, uh, blog article, so I'll probably read you my response straight off of the, the the pages of my Word document here. But my thing is, is that I didn't get to all of it. I didn't get to. I wasn't able to address every little thing. Otherwise, it would be 
like a 3,000 word response, 4,000 word response. It would probably even been more than that because I could have went off and discussed several different side topics. So well, I'll be glad um, to post it to whatever you, what are you have, whatever you have when I get when I get into the blog. There's no need. I didn't write it up in a fashion where it could be blogged out. I don't think I did it so I could kind of read it on, on, on the, on, I'm trying new methods and how to read opening statements and light of talking at the same time on a program. So if you hear me choke up, it's because I can't read my own writing. So <laughs> even if it's tight, yeah, that happens. Sometimes you just get carried away. But uh, yeah, so stand by. I'm just gonna give my opening statement. First, I want to thank David for uh, throwing out that little uh, uh, prayer request for me last week. Uh, those were kind. Uh, that was that was very kind. Uh, asking the brethren and sisterin to uh, go ahead and uh, uh, pray for me because we did have a death in the family and and we had to take care of that. We had to bury my aunt and the problem is we had three deaths within like 30 days, all aunts and uncles, and it was just a it was it's just been a crazy month for us all we had a baby come <laughs> in that month and and all sorts of stuff so i just wanted to start by saying thanks but uh um david claimed in the beginning there were no politics and in a sense i agree there was only relationship and that's kind of the way i take this i don't take there being politics involved here uh, I, t I take a, a stance that there is more of a relational aspect. Uh, I think this is the only area we're going to agree on, though. So let me let me let, let me move on. Um, on the sixth day, God created male and female. According to Genesis chapter two, God saw that Adam needed a mate, so Eve was created out of his side. Notice God didn't take Eve out of his toe <laughs> or his back. But out of his side. And the language suggests there that they were co-equal and were supposed to be ruling side by side. Um, they were also made in his image. Uh, this, is, this endowed them with intrinsic value and worth. Uh, further, uh, this is further confirmed in Galatians 3.28 when Paul tells us there's neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ, and that's, Gen that's Galatians 3.28. The difference between me and David on this issue is striking. Uh, and like I said, this is a this is just a response to his blog post. Not not everything he just said here. I understand his issues, uh, you know, are, are a little different than what the entire blog post commented. But to uh, even call out the problems he notices in the Bible, he must step into that Christian worldview, which I think he understands, to justify his position uh, that things are just immoral. Um, the reason he must do this is because there is no such thing as actual good or evil, just or unjust, right or wrong, moral or immoral. To David, well-being is what is good. But can goodness be reduced to a natural property? I'm not going to – I don't want to get into it. I'm just going to cover this a little bit. Um, so I, I would contend that it's not. Again, I'll quote ethicist G.E. Moore as he stated the hypothesis that disagreement about meaning uh, – the meaning of good is disagreement with regards to the correct analysis of a given whole. May be most plainly seen to be incorrect by consideration of the fact that – 
Whatever definition be offered, it may be always asked with significance of the complex so defined, whether it is itself good. For example, one might ask, is pain good? Why is pain bad? If moral badness is equivalent to pain, it would be redundant to ask if pain was bad because essentially they would be the same thing. This shows that David's idea is chasing its own tail and making trivial statements. Why? Because asking if well-being is good would be the same as asking is well-being well-being. But I digress. <clears throat> uh, for David's rant to work, he has to jump into the Christian worldview, obviously, and God must be granted to exist. He can no longer ignore Christian theology, no matter how much he dislikes it. I would also grant that if certain uh, that if certain the thoughts of or theological positions are true, then I would take issue as well. However, I think the theology is quite clear on this. God set up the ideal condition in the garden. You can actually you actually get to see God's politics when it comes to the garden and Jesus later on. Basically, we see mankind in an actual full-blown relationship with God, fulfilling their purpose, and as one flesh, ruling side by side equally. And that's just taken because David really had a problem with there being no matriarchs, so that's why I covered that. So in the beginning, God wasn't invisible, as David suggests, and mankind had his utopia. But sin entered the garden, and mankind fell away from God in an act of rebellion, abusing that precious gift of freedom God gave them. Fast-forwarding to the patriarchs, by this time... By this time, sin became so ingrained in humanity that they became totally deprived. Now, more my, for my theologically-minded friends, I'm not advocating total inability. This part, <clears throat> this part is what David decided to ignore, which the impact of sin has on human nature, the corruption it wreaks on, on the human heart. With that, we come to a nomadic ancient Near Eastern culture where God enters history to get the ball rolling on his plan of redemption. David rightly points out that the patriarchal system had its issues. What he doesn't mention is that God entered the situation with the structure already in place. Sin had already basically devastated the original tent of God's design. As David mentions later in the article, God deals with humanity wherever humanity is at. He doesn't like that answer. But he does. Uh, God comes to make a covenant with Abraham. David complains about there being no women leaders, but never examines all the possible reasons why. Also, to claim that Sarah, Abraham's wife, was somehow inferior is simply a bogus claim. God already considers them one unit and actually begins to pass judgment on Pharaoh when Abraham goofs up and claims that she is a sister to Pharaoh. Pharaoh takes her into his house and plans to marry her which enrages God. The truth is, Sarah made many decisions in that household, even up to the point by telling Abraham, lay with my servant so she can have a kid. Um, she made plenty of decisions, and although they did have different roles in the scheme of the narrative, she was hardly considered inferior. Second, David never considers God's omniscience. God may have had good reasons as to why he chose Abraham to deal with directly. Maybe, through Abraham, God knew his plan would be fully accomplished. In other words, in a world of free creatures, it is possible that Abraham was the best representative to bring forth God's redemptive plan. And 
that would maximize the number of free people taking part in that said redemptive plan. See, <clears throat> that this story of the Bible is all about redemption. Politics are never – politics are there, of course, but God puts humanity on a trajectory due to its fallen state, and David just isn't in a position to claim that God could introduce this or that, which he does in his article. If you think about it, humanity is best when it's on a path to discovery, not when they have a healthy dependency upon something else. I look – I look at civilization like I do a child. Humanity goes through the stages of growth that a child does. We have had our infancy and have progressed. We have matured in regard to civilization in several areas. We have made leaps forward and then taken steps back, as do teenage children. But nevertheless, I trust that God knows the best way to deal with sinful humanity. When I was a young Christian… I wanted to send 20 bucks a week to an impoverished person in a third world country. I met with a missionary, which is this was this is crazy. He was well seasoned, well experienced. I said, "Hey, if I do this, if I give this $20 to this person uh, every month, or a few people, uh, you know, I felt led. I felt like this this was a good idea." And he pulled me aside and he said, "Hey, man, you would actually do more harm than good." And I didn't believe him. So I actually did some digging, and I found out that uh, doing stuff like that does more damage to people in those type of situations because it breeds an unhealthy dependency and doesn't give them the opportunity for self-sufficiency. It actually can do a lot of damage as far as messing up their economy and, and, so, and so forth. Another issue I had was David's section on judges and kings. <clears throat> Excuse me. God ruled – God did uh, – David says that God ruled, but in the previous section complains and says God could have set up his own system. When God does set up his own system, David complains again. It really sounds like David will never be satisfied because in the end of – because it, in the end of this, uh, his problem is not with the system. It's a problem with God himself. This is a constant issue I find rapid in the atheist community. The truth is me and David see these things very differently. The Israelites heard God's voice from the mountain and became afraid, rejecting God, that the same God that delivered them from uh, Egypt. And they made Moses their representative there. David points out good could, God could have introduced democracy at this time, but I say he is in no position to know that because early on we see the Greeks trying it and failed. Not just once, but twice. He concludes his Old Testament section by more rhetoric. But the truth is God warned the people about the trouble of a monarchy and monarchs. He allowed them self-governance with, uh, with the law, but they failed to hold up God's law. He tried to be their sole authority, and the people rejected it. So every system that was tried there was actually rejected over time. As David makes his way to the New Testament, he begins a whole new tirade. <laughs> the truth is the New Testament recognizes that God ordains the structure of government. However, it is not without humanity's involvement. There are limits to our subjection. If, God, if a government is evil and tries to make Christians violate God's ordinance, 
we are to disobey. The very men that wrote the words David cites did just that. <laughs> um, I can't address, like I said, I can't address everything David said in the article. And I look forward to actually discussing these things in more details as we go. So in conclusion, for David's article to hold any weight, we will have to, he will have to demonstrate that God could and should have done otherwise than he did. He will have to show that his own way would have brought more people to redemption. David would also have to prove to, <laughs> to us that he is omniscient. David would actually need to compare his various complaints with the rest of scripture that oppose everything he said here and convince us that his views are more probable than the ones that seem to have been the status quo for centuries. And with that, David, I am done with that opening statement. Sorry, I could not get uh, uh, everything in there to the article. I hate not being able to be thorough and stuff like that uh, because you deserve that, and so does your audience. And I apologize if it wasn't thorough enough. Okay, well, I'm, I'm done apologizing to the audience. Uh, and I think you should be too. Uh, no, I love your audience, man. Yeah, they should. They should know uh, that we're both people uh, with uh, jobs, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's how we pay our rent. And we don't pay any rent off of doing this. Uh, and so, <laughs> at some point, uh, you have to, you know, buckle down and do the job. And when I do have more time on the board. That's when the audience should be concerned because that means work isn't coming in very well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm, 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 I, I think I'm done apologizing for, for that. Um, that said, uh, thank you for uh, your response. Uh, I think that was fine. I think that it um, included more sophistry and polemic uh, than anything I've written <laughs> in a long time. So uh, uh, it's, you know, some of it, I don't, I don't even know that it's worth responding to with more than a one-liner so you know with the molinistic stuff Molinist. it, it's 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 already been served um you can you can find uh my and everyone else's arguments um uh counter arguments against molinism so i don't i don't actually plan to address any of the well you know god has his way and his reasons and you don't know that that wasn't the well, best way but you um, know david the, my, my thing with that though is that it's part of the theology there uh in in some realms and you know it has to be dealt with as far as if we're going to be talking politics so i mean that's just why i brought it up then i could have brought up three different other doctrinal ideas on the subject, but I went that route. So, yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, we've, we've learned this, uh, with many shows past. I know that you haven't been on those shows past, but the audience has learned with many shows past. The Molinistic defeater is just a defeater of conversation. It's not a defeater of arguments, but there's no way to continue a conversation, uh, beyond that point. Because if your trump card is, well, my invisible friend has all knowledge and he knows what would be best, and so this must have been best, it doesn't matter what argument I make beyond that point. Uh, and so I'm not going to uh, try to attach any arguments on the back of Molinistic defeaters. I think that um, there are many reasons why they don't work philosophically, and uh, I'm, I'm probably done 
that's a whole other show. It, it, it really is. It's a whole other show. It's been had, and I don't mind having it again. Um, let's, uh, let's put Braxton Hunter on. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, bring him. Uh, but yeah, th- so th- it's it's utterly useless for me or any other skeptic to attempt to say anything once the Molinistic Defeater comes out. Because it doesn't matter how much sense we make at that point. You're, the invisible God knows everything, trumps everything. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you have to consider that. I mean, you do have to consider that. I mean, yeah, you can't say much more else towards it. And we can go another conversational route. I'm fine with that. So uh, I just think that, uh, you know, you have to take that into consideration. Oh. You know, if, if we're granting that God exists... That's something we can't ignore. Right. But I, I think that as an apologist, if if you find that most of your conversations end up going to Molinistic defeater, you're not a good apologist because you're not a good philosopher at that point. You're not a good I don't, conversationalist. I don't think so. I mean, I think that's one of the cores of, of philosophy. I mean, if you throw out a then defeater. There's, there's no point of doing <laughs> apologetics then. If you have a defeater and you use it, that's good apologetics. <laughs> but no, I understand what you're saying. You want to you want a conversation about this. So if you have any questions, really, I mean, let's let's hammer them out. I mean, sure. if if you don't like some things that I said, and I, I'm just you know, trying to explain to the audience why sub why maybe a lot of why what you David said actually something... just defeated uh, David Johnson and and he got his punches. Sure, that's why. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> why I'm it's not is why I'm not going to. Address some of that. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, let's let's address the other stuff. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's go back to uh, what you said about um, the uh, kings and judges, and that I complain either way. Um, <laughs> you know, I complain when God had His way. I complain when He didn't have His way. I'm just my problem is just with God. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let me just say that that's a little bit like uh, a skeptic Molinistic defeater. Uh, so that is not <laughs> that is not the position I take. Okay, uh, because well, it sounded it, like it. You know, that's the impression I got. Right. So maybe so, some others did. So let me let me be clear. That is not my position because, um, kind of like the Christian, if all I'm going to say is, "But God is evil, so we're done." There's no conversation uh, to be had there. Um, God is evil, and we're done. Is just as useless as God is omniscient, and we're done. So. Um, Yes, I I think that God demonstrates some evil in the way he sets up his government, but I am not using that as uh, some kind of presuppositional uh, a priori fact. Uh, I am am stating that because of X, Y, and Z, these governments were evil. And these are the things that God did, therefore... uh, this is this is a bad governmental system that God set up. I'm not starting with God is evil, and so everything He does uh, therefore is wrong. Uh, so that's that's the distinction uh, for the point that I'm making. So if I ever do make an argument that sounds like um, a you know a, a reverse Molinistic defeater, it's n- that's never what I'm trying to do. Um, so. Uh, I appreciate I, sh- I appreciate you bringing that point. Well, I mean, out. and this is and this is the reason I I went that route is because like literally reading your blog post, it's like okay, you cover this section and then you forget you covered that section, 
and you brought a whole other list of complaints that kind of contradicted that section. And it's kind of like it, it, I got this idea that you're seeking a perfect solution that God could have done but didn't do, and you were angry. And then when I got to, I guess, the judges and the king aspect, it's just like, okay, God can do nothing right here then on David's view. Well, you know, God, and that's could, kinda, that's, God, God could have done something right, though, and that is that is the point of uh, this section. So when I when I come back and I say things like, and God, this would have been a perfect time for God to set up, you know, his his ideal government. That that is what I think. That that would be a time when you hit the reset button. Uh, we've got a new set of rules coming, and God could say, uh, "Let me introduce you to a little concept called democracy." <laughs> well, uh, right? if God hit the reset button, you already complained about the reset button being hit again when He flooded the earth. So, <laughs> well, you know? I, I would Are say that God has a very <laughs> imprecise reset button. Okay, so, okay. so nuclear, nuclear I don't weapon think is not the hit... reset button. I mean. I... And this is, I think, where our, our paths disagree here, David. I don't think God could have hit that reset button and introduced that because I think that uh, he, he actually uh, works within a, uh, a system where there's free creatures, you know? And I don't think yeah, – and honestly, intervenes. we're babies at that. We're babies at that point as right. a civilization. So he intervenes. It's – I think – I think this whole we're free creatures and God works with us argument just doesn't work uh, because if that's the case, that's because you uh, don't like it. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't like it because it doesn't make any sense to me. If that's the case, uh, then you have to ask yourself why he ever intervened uh, at all. Uh, so this is an interventionist God who is imposing his will on free people and saying, this is how I want things done. I'm simply saying, if you're going to step in and say that, then you need to actually say how you want things done rather than taking some half measure. Uh, and I don't so think it's a half measure. I think he's actually uh, working within a, a system where the free creatures there can actually understand what he's saying, understand what he's trying to do. And he's what is not about democracy himself. that they wouldn't have understood? I don't ask the Greeks. <laughs> they failed twice at it. Okay, so civilization was at a beginning point, and they might not have been ready for that. I don't think they were ready for that as, as I look at history, the history of mankind, and I think God is more keen on saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to breed this unhealthy dependency by giving you everything. I'm not going to hand you everything on a silver platter. You have to learn. And I think he designed us that way. So I just think he's he's working within the design parameters that have that 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 are there mixed coupled by what he knows about sin and its effect on humanity and works with people where they're at. And I know you don't like that answer, but I think that's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Well, it feels like a non-answer. It feels like a. Uh, have, it feels like a have your cake and eat it too answer. Humans well, so are free. Say, so do your accusations. He, he, humans are free, but God intervenes. But He can't intervene because humans are free. Um, it's it's not. Oh no! I mean, he can. He intervenes to an point, David. I'm right. sorry. He, you know what? I, I'm 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 jumping over you too much. Go ahead, man. That, that's okay. I can take it. <laughs> No, nobody, nobody is feeling sorry for me. Okay, 
So, well, um, buddy, I don't want to do that. So go. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I need some. I pride myself on debate etiquette here. So. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, so you, uh, you would not have fared well in uh, any of the Trump debates then. Um, it was bad on both sides, man. If you're going to, I can't criticize Trump. Uh, Why well, can't can. I can <laughs> I can also criticize Biden, you know, just the same amount. They were, they're just both terrible. Yeah. At, I don't at, at debating each other. There's no, I don't, no, I don't think there's an exact equivalency there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, can, I think it's funny <laughs> at yeah, times, but yeah, I can, I can say that, uh, they both exercised bad debate etiquette, but I think that it's also right to say, yeah, but here's what instigated that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's quite the equivalent that um, that you would make it. But that's that's not the point at the moment. We might we might get I think to they, five minutes. I think that. they both look like jokers up there. <laughs> um, well, but anyway, yeah. Um, there's a there's a saying. Uh, Never, uh, never debate with idiots, lest they uh, drag you to their level and beat you with experience. And we're at that point. We've got that <laughs> on both sides here, <laughs> so, and we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put one in the most powerful position in the world. Yeah. So, Anyways, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's already there. Um. <laughs> so, so um. Yeah, back to the back to the Kings thing, though. Um, I think this is uh, important just to nail this down before moving forward. Um, my main point with all of this, so the garden, uh, the uh, time he intervened uh, after Exodus, I think that would have actually been a, a very great time because they had no government at all then. They were, they were suddenly free. And God had to he basically name leaders and so forth. They had nothing. They were slaves. Um, that would have been a that would have been a great time to do the whole uh, reset. Here's what I have in mind for you. And my my whole point here is that every time God had an opportunity to do that, what we ended up with is some kind of theocracy, where God is uh, giving the rules, and from the human perspective, you obey or die. That's that is what it comes down to, even uh, when we get to Romans, uh, we have God is God is the ultimate rule. Uh, don't look at those leaders there because God ordained them and put them there. And uh, they're there to, uh, you know, carry out his will and they don't carry the sword in vain. Uh, you obey or you die. Uh, that's, that's still uh, at that point what it comes down to. And so every time God had a chance to say something about uh, the politics of the people. It was always some kind of theocracy. It was never anything that looked like uh, what we think of as a, a democracy. So, um, you know, Christians who somehow found a way to associate uh, our democratic republic with with God's kingdom, I don't know where they're getting it from because God never set up anything that looks like this. And I And I think... Um, at the end of the day, um, it nothing, none of God's governments could look like this. Um, this is this is just a total um, denial, I think, of of God's ultimate system. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I meant 
when I was going through that process. God could have done something that looks like this, uh, and he could have made it work, but he never did because this is not what he wanted. I, you know, I, again, I, I just disagree with you, you know, and I, I gave my, my points as far as, you know, I think sin has such an effect on humanity. And yes, God does intervene, but I don't think he gives us more than we can handle at one time. I also don't think that uh, um, you're taking the consideration uh, when you're when you're thinking about this stuff that, you know, God's sovereign over the whole world as, as far as the Christian is concerned. And God pretty much let people do what they want. He said, okay, look, I've, I'm putting these laws down, all right? I want you to obey them. Just you guys over here because you're – I'm getting my ball rolling on this redemptive work. You guys over here, you can just do whatever you want. You're going to be judged, but, you know, hey, I'm letting you do what you, whatever you want, um, and then we die and, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, he, he gives them that free reign there. And could he have introduced something different? I'm not in a position to say that, that, that he could or couldn't. I don't think he could have. Like I told you before, I think that that there was, you know, he knows best when it comes to that, how to deal with sinful humanity. But again, um, hey, we're getting close to the end here. Uh, do you want to give a closing statement first there? Actually, I want to see if we can find another 10 minutes um, to, <laughs> to discuss an aspect that I know uh, people are going to want to discuss. So, okay. um, yeah, so that that's you know, some of the, some of the theology of politics in the Bible. And there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, and I hope that, uh, Russell and I have given you, uh, a starting point, uh, in the comments to have a vigorous conversation about this. Um, also vigorously discussed, I hope will be the idea of voting and, uh, elections, uh, just for a moment, because this, um, this strikes me a little bit um, like prayer, in a sense. Excuse me. And prayer uh, is something that I don't understand either, uh, as I've demonstrated on uh, many shows in the past. Um, but I didn't understand it, not, not really, when I was a Christian either. Uh, I mean, I understood theologically some things, and I knew the right words, and I knew the tune, but the song didn't make any sense. Um, so, and I'm speaking uh, specifically, uh, before we get the comments, I'm speaking specifically about, um, uh, what do you call the, the kind of prayer? It's the prayer where you ask ask for stuff. Petition. Uh, yeah, petitionary Petition. prayer. Petitionary. Yeah. Um, petitionary prayer. Uh, that's what I am um, talking about. Prayers of supplication, I think, maybe another term for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um it's, it reminds me a little bit of that, because when you pray for things, ultimately it's God's will that, that you want to happen. Because whether you want it to happen or not, it's God's will that's going to happen. Um, and so when you, when you pray for a thing, let's say a promotion at work uh, that you really want, you've been working for and you think you'd be good at, and... Um, the fact of the matter is you don't know whether you're going to get it or not. You don't know whether God wants you to get it or not. So if God doesn't want you to get it, you're not going to get it. And so 
it's it's an interesting exercise to pray for it, but I'm not entirely sure what the ultimate uh, point of that kind of prayer is. So if you if you say to yourself, well, really, uh, what we're doing is we're praising God and we're just having a conversation with God, then say that. Don't don't even talk about prayers of supplication. Um, because that's when it gets confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And so elections are like that in that, you know, we, we boil it down to two candidates uh, at, at some point. This is, a, this is U.S. politics, folks. Again, I don't, I don't know what you do in France. How it relates to petitionary prayer, man. All right, go ahead. What do, we do? What do, we, what do you do? Do you have <laughs> politics in France? Um, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, um, so this relates to petitionary prayer in that you are you you narrow this you you narrow this thing down to two candidates and you're voting for one of them. But the idea is that God is the one who ordains, uh, who is in charge. So if you vote for one of them, and the other one wins, does that mean that you were voting against God? Uh, you know, because that was clearly not God's will. If you vote for someone and the other person wins, do you say then, oh, well, uh, I will support that guy then? Because clearly that's who God wanted to win. I don't see Christians doing that behavior either. And so I don't understand from a Christian perspective why you would even play that particular game at all, at all unless you were fairly convinced that you were voting for God's man. Um, to follow up on that, how do you determine who you're supposed to vote for as a Christian? Once again, as a secularist, this is not a problem. Uh, well, it's a problem, but it's not, it's not the same kind of problem. As a Christian, though, where you're trying to represent God's will, what is God's will? How, how, what are the criteria that you use to determine how you vote? I have, I have yet to see any kind of criteria for how we vote that makes sense or that has been consistent from one candidate, uh, from one uh, voting year to the next. All right, David. Well, I, I don't, I'm going to leave this one, I think, for your, your boards to hammer out because this is going to take a lot longer to, to, you know, pick apart. And we're already running up. That was a seven minute question. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, I could find my I, I'll give a, speeches, like I, I said, I'll give it a, a quick, uh, a, a quick uh, answer is that we're in a we're in a fallen world. We're in a system where, yeah, we believe God ordains and God, you know, puts structures in place. But we're also free creatures, like I said, and we do have uh, uh, an ability, a unique ability, and I encourage everybody here. Uh, that is listening to this to vote when it comes time to vote, or if you already have voted, thumbs up. Um, By the way, I, you know, I have voted. Get get in get in get into uh, the politics and and cast your vote. Uh, I know my friend, my Anabaptist friend, won't like that, but <laughs> but that's but coming back to that is I think again that we have this unique opportunity and and to take part in it, and I think that the Christian. Uh, knows the will of God by knowing God's word and knows what, you know, the, the principles that he lays out in scripture. And we are to uh, vote in accordance to how well they reflect that goodness. Uh, and because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all legislating our worldview, <laughs> in, in, you know, at the end of it. So whose worldview do you want 
as far as ruling over you. It's kind of that, you know, sure. and that, 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 would make, that would make more sense to me if Christians had some kind of uh, uniformity in how they voted or how they saw. There isn't. No, but that, but it, there's no uniformity anywhere. Well, I mean, right. It, but, but we're I just have, talking I about have Christian friends. Yeah, you I know. Mean, and I have never Christians. mind the heathens, just the no, Christians. It makes hash of what you just said, though. No, it doesn't make hash. I mean, we're if we're reading the Bible, all reading the scriptures, and we're basing it off of certain things, I can't help what a free Christian will base why he votes. He may not even have the right, same but, understanding. But you're suggesting a, that there is a way to vote if you understand the scripture correctly. And no, no, I think that's a guideline. I don't think I don't think it's it's well the guideline should point to the same direction. I, for me it's a, yeah. Well, I mean, right. I think it is for me. I don't think it is for every Christian, and I'm not saying that they're bound by that because they have freedom. Okay, then then the criteria – there is no criteria then because if there's a criteria for you and a criteria for someone else and it, you're both right, then there's no criteria. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think there, there is a full-blown criteria. I don't. Well, I mean you don't have to qualify that full-blown. Forget it. There is yeah. no criteria, period. There's, well, there's I, not, name me one thing that's consistent uh, for every Christian uh, to follow. Maybe I'm not understanding. Maybe I'm not understanding, and this is why I don't want to do this because I, I don't know if I'm understanding your 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 uh, question here. Then. Well, it's important that we talk until you understand the question, so that the audience okay. can understand the question, so they can All engage right. with it. Uh, so, what I am saying is, when Christians vote and they they go into their little booth or you know they fill out their little mail by thing. Uh, and they're looking at two candidates. We'll just keep it narrowed down to two uh, because there's a lot of other voting and things that happens to get to that two uh, for for the rest of the world. Um, so we get down to that, and we're saying, okay, well, I got this guy over here on the left and this guy over here on the right. Uh, I am going to figure out who to vote for based on blank, blank, and blank. What are these blanks that they are using to figure out who to vote for? Uh, that's what I call a criteria. And okay. I am saying there simply is none. You can't think of one single thing that would act as a criteria, never mind three. Give me one that would point a Christian in the right direction and say, okay, this candidate and not that one. Okay, now now that's where we that's where I think there's some 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 uh division there. Okay. On one aspect, voting for our elected officials is a privilege. Okay, it's not something that's outlined in the Bible. Vote for a Republican. I do agree with. There is no criterion on that. Um, as far as as what makes sense, <laughs> you know, we could talk about that. Uh, but as you said, there is no uh, there is no actual God saying, "Hey, this is how you should vote in a system that I give you." I, you're right. I mean, there's. I, okay, I don't. So have there's no way that. for the Christian to know whether they're voting I for think God's will or counter God's will. I well, I think there's there's. You can get an idea of what's better, and that's based off my worldview. Well, of let me let me let me make is. the question easier. Uh, do you think that God's will is carried out with every election? In other words, the uh, people that are uh, that rule over us, uh, the Romans thirteen. Uh, Passage. This is one of those few times, people, where I'm not going to bother reading the scripture. Romans 13. Uh, read the first few verses; you can see it. Um, David, you're familiar with this passage. Uh, yeah. So, from from that perspective, do you think that God's will carries through 
at the end of every election, or there's sometimes when his will is thwarted and the wrong guy gets elected. That's a, uh, no, I, I, I don't. I, th- I think that God is in control. So I think that ultimately his will will be done, but he works in, in, a, in, a, in a system uh, where free creatures are involved. But as far as in the ultimate sense, uh, no, I think I think that his will will be done. So okay. So when Christians exercise this privilege to vote and they realize they voted for the wrong guy, why don't I see a behavior among Christians? Once again, we're just talking about Christians because who the hell gives a damn about heathens? Uh, why don't Christians then come out and change their allegiance and say it is clear that uh, God uh, wants this person to rule and I'm going to throw all of my weight and support behind this person to legislate well? Why does that never happen? Um, because I, we still have a choice in the in the whole process. And But if Christians you know, think that God's man wants – Yeah, then but why, you're not going to have an agreement with Christians because of – the fact we're in a a fallen world, b we're free creatures, we can think well, for we're ourselves. We're just assuming that you're right, though. Uh, so assuming that you're right, that God's man always wins, shouldn't we well, see in this system of voting, uh, when when one group of Christians has voted wrong, they should say, uh, very well, this is God's will expressed, and I am going to now support this. Uh, person uh, and, and help them govern, govern uh, with God's will, as opposed to continuing to fight them for the next four well, years. Well, David, I mean, I'm not fighting uh, like when, when Obama or when someone I didn't vote for uh, was in office well, at, at all the state and local level. I, but, but you are because I'm a Christian and this is how I deal with it, right? So I assume that you I, I get behind what you, what you believe. I get behind that 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 representative, and I do what I think is right, and I'll pray for them, and you know I'll do whatever I can. If I if there's something that I don't like, then I will vote for the other guy when it do comes you, to that time. Do you believe that that's what all Christians should do? Not not you know yeah necessary unless unless that person. Okay. If it's, it's like God's said, man, if it's no, God's it's man and God has expressed there. himself by making there. that man uh, the leader, Christians who, Christians who were vociferous against this person, calling them the spawn of Satan or whatever, uh, it, by the way, both candidates get these, get these kinds of things thrown at them. I don't care who wins. Um, no matter who it is, it seems like all Christians should then say God has chosen uh, and we support God's choice. That's not what I'm seeing. I'm just trying to get a, a straight answer from you. Do you think and, that that's what we should well, see? Well, let me respond here. Let me respond, and I'll give you my response here. Um, my mic didn't cut out, did it? No. Okay. Um, I had to reduce the gain on it. It was in the red. Uh, What's that? What? The thing o- over your right shoulder. The thing over my right shoulder? Your right shoulder. It's on the bookshelf. This? Yes, that. That's my gladiator helmet. Okay, Huge that's fan, been, man. That's been bugging me for a while. You know, like gladiator. Yeah, you never watched Gladiator. Man? No, I've, I've watched Gladiator. I didn't, I didn't recognize the 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 gear. Is <laughs> all it was, it was kind of creeping me out, and I it, I just I lost the ability to ignore it at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay, so uh, what I'm saying is, uh, and man, now you just made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> success no, um, no. yeah right yeah you had to come back since i 
got your argument there a little while ago. I tell you no. what, if you like, <laughs> I will make let, my closing uh, argument. And hold you on, can let, wrap me, up let your... me just yeah, let me let me just let me just wrap this 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 section here because I think it's important as there is a limit to that power. Okay, there is a limit. So we get behind our candidates as long as they don't violate the rules that God has laid down for all of us, which is obviously the apostles are our example. They said to obey the government, but yet when the government said stop preaching the gospel, stop doing, you know, stop baptizing people, uh, stop spreading the message, we ignored it. I don't think that's the example, though, that you think it is. It's all right. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, what, and, and what, go into your closing after this. Okay, so what you what you just gave is an example of civil disobedience. Uh, civil disobedience can be done under any government, and what you're basically saying is, I recognize your authority. Uh, I recognize that this is the law. I'm going to break the law, and I'm going to take the consequences. Um, and this is all in accordance with with the government. You're not defying the government. You're not overthrowing the government. You're not trying well, to form a coup. Moment, if you look at what, uh, uh, if you look at what the Federalist Papers define as that, so, um, which you know I've read. I mean, it's been a while, so I, I can't. I think it was Federal sixty-five, maybe. I'm yeah, not I, sure. I, th- I just think there's a difference between civil disobedience and a coup. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not trying to overthrow. You're right. I, I'm not there to overthrow. But I the still apostles think weren't either. The apostles never tried to no, overthrow absolutely. a government or change a government. And and I and, and I wouldn't advocate you know uh, doing that as doing that either. Anymore. But I would advocate because we did that because we're Americans. So we did that. Well, I mean, if. We were civilly disobedient, and that caused Britain no. We were not. We were not just civilly disobedient. We started a war. <laughs> no, we did not start that war. We did not fire the first shot at Lexington. We did not kill any of the British soldiers that decided they were going to uh, massacre all the people in, in Massachusetts. We civilly disobeyed by dumping tea into a bay, you know, and petitioning a king saying, hey, we have no representation here. Please give us representation. King says no. We ask him again, please give us representation. King says no. Okay, well, you know what? We're independent from you now. Oh, you don't like that? Come and attack us then. And that's what they did, and they fired the first shot in Lexington. Right, but the the big step is we're independent now. And that's that is because we retaliated because they were killing us. <laughs> right, but and we but, won. <laughs> but God never. And I, you're, I, I'm pushing back on the conflation of Go what ahead. you're saying that the apostles did. And it's not a conflation, though. It is a conflation because what what the apostles did, they never at any point said the government is wrong. Uh, they simply said we're going to obey God, and the, the government might kill us, and that's fine. But we're going to obey God, and we're going to obey the government. We're going to obey the government every turn we can. And when we obey God and it disobeys the government, the government has the right to come and bear the sword uh, against us. That is not what uh, that is not what we did. <laughs> that is not the same thing. And so it was a mat- and and we we saw it, uh, and we even had a, a civil war over annulment. It was it's massive disobedience on a huge scale that leads to something, either change. Or war, and that's what the American Revolution was. They kept being disobedient. Right. Finally, the, they the apostles declared their were independence. Not, were not trying to create a revolution. Yeah, they were trying to inaugurate the kingdom of God by bringing the kingdom of God here, and they, on 
an entire movement on a Christian scale decided to ignore the rules of government. Okay, I will I will slide into my closing arguments here. Go ahead. I will just say that <laughs> right. this is this is why I wanted there, to get to I this. Think there, I think we're missing a big part, and that's it's a categorical issue that that we're missing here. Well, but it is. Go ahead. I, I think that they will, uh, and we just don't have enough time to cover right. it. All I either. think it'll be hammered out in the uh, discussion. Yeah, some, for some of this stuff, I just want to introduce the topic enough so that the audience sees the, sees where the problems are, <laughs> and then you can uh, then you know what to attack uh, attack over there. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that there. I will uh, go ahead and begin to close. Uh, I want to thank uh, Russell for jumping in on this discussion. I want to uh, reiterate something that I just kind of hinted at at the beginning. Neither one of us wanted to have this conversation. It's not that we don't like each other. Uh, we're just tired of politics. And uh, I think it's very important. Uh, this is a very important subject. We're at a very important time uh, in our political life, and I think that it does need to be discussed at some level. This is the level that we are willing to discuss it. It it should be discussed probably at a deeper level than this, though. You're just going to have to come up, audience, with you know. So, in conclusion, I um. Th there's a reason why uh, neither David or I wanted to talk about this, um, and. Um, there, there are a lot of aspects to be discussed. And it's not that we don't think it's an important issue, uh, but for you know our own various journeys to get to this point, we, we just don't have any stomach for it anymore. Um, and so I uh, do call out anyone in the audience who wants to have a more uh, in-depth debate about current political issues. I'm, I'm up for hosting that show. I'm just not up for doing it. And uh, I think uh, I think Russell is in the same boat. And, uh, you know, at least one other person that I floated the idea uh, to uh, wants no part of it either. So uh, I think there are reasons why, you know, those of us who have the opportunity to talk about this stuff don't want to. <laughs> um, so maybe something maybe something to be considered there. But uh, I would I would say that, you know, looking back at the politics that happened you know, in, in we're putting politics in quotes here. I don't even know if the people back then would have thought of it as politics per se, but the politics such as they there were that happened that had God's intervening stamp on them could have been quite different if that's what God had wanted. And we have uh, at times God expressing exactly what he wants and whether people carried it out exactly right or not is secondary. It's God's expression of what he wants, and his expression of what he wants doesn't look like anything that we have today. And so I, I do question the Christian idea of, especially those Christians who champion the idea of secular uh, democracy. There's nothing in the Bible uh, that would allow for a secular government that God would approve of. Um, in fact, just the opposite. Uh, as far as the uh, Romans 13 conundrum, uh, it was a conundrum when I was a Christian. It's an even bigger one uh, today. I don't understand how Christians get around that to to be able to, you know, suggest that we should, you know, overthrow or overturn uh, a government, instigate a new government. Yes, we as Christians are allowed to participate. We as Christians. Sorry about that. <laughs> um Christians are allowed to You did step into our worldview here. <laughs> I, I was there for more of my life than I wasn't there. So I um, Well, you're I, always welcome to come back. 
Oh, I don't think that you would want me back right now. I would. You would want to check my pockets. I'm praying for you, David. I'm praying for you. Oh no, no. Um, so we we are allowed to participate in government uh, today, um, but you know, does that does that carry out a will of God in any discernible way? I don't. I don't see how it does. Uh, if Christians. Uh, you know, participate in a vote, kind of guessing who God wants. And I think it is telling that it's just guessing at the end of the day, no matter what calculus two Christians apply to this. They, I've known Christians who sat down, prayed over it for months. Uh, they've, they've taken out paper and they've written down pros and cons and they've opened their Bible and they've prayed. I've, I've known Christians who do this uh, every, every election for everything they vote for. They're very serious about it. You, you put two of those people together and, and they end up with completely different conclusions uh, about who to vote for. That, if, any, if nothing else, that suggests that this is a completely human process and the pretense of God is, is a charade that we should probably end. Stop pretending uh, that you're voting for God's man. Uh, one of the things that shatters this pretense for me is when God's man wins, the people, the Christians who didn't vote for him, <laughs> don't treat him like God's man at all. Uh, and so let's just stop it. Uh, this this voting, it's like a football game. It's like praying for your team to win, and then when they win, you declare that God answered your prayer. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, God doesn't give a damn who wins the football game, and he doesn't give a damn who wins an election. This is not some kind of choice that God is making, and his hand is not on the rein, and he's not ruling the world, and he is not uh, involved in any discernible way. And if we want to end this in uh, Molinism, cool, we're done. I have, I have no appetite for that at all. Uh, but if Christians want to come around and make a clear and cogent defense of your participation in a truly sinful political arena. I would love to hear it. I would love to read it. I am sorry that I don't have time to respond to it, but I would love to read it. I read every comment almost that comes through. Uh, so please, uh, please do that. And, um, you know, if you can, if you can show me uh, in the Bible where I'm wrong about God's politics, where it's God at the throne, where it's some form of theocracy, and at the end of the day, the person has to obey or die, uh, let me know where I'm wrong uh, there too. Love to read about it. And uh, with that, I'm going to turn over uh, the final word to uh, Russell. So thank you, everybody, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. David? Yeah, you know, if if you want to see that, David, uh, just read my article. It clearly defeats yours here then on that aspect. It shows you where you're wrong. Um, no, I, honestly, you, you know, yeah, me and David, we don't like talking politics. You know, it does. This idea gets us down many rabbit trails. You, you could, you, you know, each subject, you could divide a, a, a you know, this entire subject in several different portions to make probably 20 to 30 shows on it. And that's how it would have to be dealt with if we were going to deal with it fairly. Um, I do think that Christians all have a desire to see paradise restored. And we get a glimpse of that in the Garden of Eden. We don't get the full glimpse because mankind fell away from God. 
which is a whole nother topic. But the fact is, we do get to see a glimpse of what it looked like. And we see, if you want to get political, you can, we can see the freedom. We can see the equality. We could see all those things in there. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the environmental issues that David did discuss, but we didn't get to that. Uh, Christians don't want to see a bad environment. They're supposed to be not only rulers that have dominion, but also stewards. You know, there's several biblical passages about how to take care of your farm animals, you know, and we're supposed to take care of the planet. So those, those issues should be important to Christians. Uh, I did come from a denomination that did not care about some of those issues just like David did. So when it comes to politics, we could go on and on and on. And at the end of the day, I don't think we'd come to a decisive conclusion on, on certain issues when it comes to politics because everybody is free and everybody has a worldview, even if it's wrong or right. Is there a right way to government, govern? Well, our founders tried to figure that out. They studied. They were learned. But then they decided they were going to take 20 steps backwards and continue the slave trade. Makes no sense when you tell us that everybody's created equal, that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights, but it's okay to own slaves. They took steps upon steps backwards when they passed the Dred Scott decision. Instead of allowing all men to be free, they didn't. America's not perfect. Politics are not perfect. And the reason they're not perfect is because men fell away from God. Men want to see paradise restored. And that's my closing. Uh, everybody, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope we gave you enough to chew on there, a little pre preliminary there, a little bit of uh, stuff to consider. Uh, I will try to uh, make my opening statement more readable and pass it on to David so he can post it with his uh, blog article. It's going to look like a speech more than a, a uh, blog, but uh, you will be able to read it a little bit better. Uh, with that, we thank you for joining us as Skeptics and Seekers. Have a good day. Bye-bye.